You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for the World Arm Wrestling League this week. I'm your host Neil Pickup, and it is on. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to World Arm Wrestling League this week. I'm your host Neil Pickup and I will be with you all evening and tonight it's all about the lightweights. And we've got a couple of interesting characters, we know you're going to love them and we think they match up well. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's guests from California, Jamie Sheldon. And from the East Coast, it's the Angry Bird, Adam Wilmot. Let's see what the guys have to say. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. And for those of you who've been tuning in recently, you will know that we've been experimenting a little bit. And I've been putting together on calls a few of the guys that I think might match up potentially well and that you guys out there would like to see in matches. But most importantly, would they like to get involved in matches or have they got other people in the crosshairs? We're about to find out with tonight's two guests. We are in the lightweight division, ladies and gents. And it's going to be slick. And talking of slick, this guy runs with a pretty slick haircut. Not at all. The first of my guests tonight is a very sexy Californian, Mr. Jamie Sheldon. Jamie, how are you doing, bud? Well, I appreciate that. Very nice words, Neil. Thank you. I'm doing well. You're a sexy man. Everybody knows it. The man's in trim, nap fit, rocket. There you go. <laughs> now, we got another guy on the phone who uh, courts controversy a little bit. And I hope he's going to do the same today. He's, all, he's, he's he's hanging on by a thread because he's been working nights and we asked him to come on the show when, when he's pulled an all-nighter and uh, he kindly agreed to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, making his debut on the World Arm Wrestling League podcast, it's the Angry Bird, Adam Wilmot. Adam, welcome to the show, mate. Thank you for having me, Neil. Happy to be here. Happy to have you on the show, buddy. And now then, you probably got there from the top of the show. One of the reasons that uh, you guys were brought on the show at the same time is because I think you two match up potentially really well. You're both on a little bit of a tear. You're both undefeated coming out of the 500 season. Um, obviously, Jamie, you had a great result against an old adversary. And, um, yes. I know you were very happy coming off that because, let's be honest, uh, Alan was on a bit of a tear last year and you looked super impressive in that match. Now, Adam, similar sort of thing, mate. You ran Jeff Hale within an inch of his life. Another probably couple of centimetres and you would have smoked him. You would that. Get it right. Yeah. Millimetres. It was millimetres, <laughs> not centimetres. It was millimetres. It was damn close, too close for comfort. And, and that would have been in his home area. And ironically, Jeff Hale had recently been in a battle, a real battle, with uh, Alan Fisher. So I figured it'd be nice to try and match you two guys up. And I wanted to, first of all, start, and we'll come to Jamie straight off the bat. What do you know about Mr. Whitmore? Have you, have you actually met Adam before? Have you pulled in tournaments before? Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've met Adam um, we, we've chatted on the phone for, for years, um, and I finally met him 
I think it was at San Diego, Adam? Yeah, that was the first time we got to uh, actually like hang out and talk to each other was in San Diego. Before that, we were just kind of kept in touch via social media and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, I'm on the West Coast. He's on the East Coast. Uh, we just kept in touch. So I met him in then, uh, San Diego. But, uh, no, we've never even gripped up. We shook hands, but that was about it. So we've just kind of been at the same tournaments. We were both in uh, the finals one year, and, you know, we just never got to pull. Just different sides of the bracket. So... I guess this match has been coming, so looking forward to it if it could happen. It's interesting, isn't it? Because um, you guys have, uh, I've spoken to you both independently of the show and so on, and both of you had guys on your own radar, guys that you'd like to pull, guys that you figured you'd do well against. And um, I've got to say, I don't think either of you sort of put the other one in the crosshairs. Neither one of you guys has, has really focused on or mentioned the other. And then... I'm going to say maybe a month ago, maybe slightly more, and I can't remember what started it. There was a there was a suggestion of this match on social media. Might have even been from yourself, uh, Jamie. I'm not sure, but something came up and it started to take a little bit of shape. What, what can you recall? What actually brought that up? What, where did that come from? You know what? I, I'm not sure where it actually came from. I just know that you know Adam's like me. Um, I think he and I are the most dangerous people in the weight class. And I'm going to explain why Sam has the pressure of holding his hammer that he already has. Right. Tony has the clout of being the strongest in the class, supposedly. Right. Uh, physically. So Tony doesn't want to lose that clout by losing to somebody like me or Adam, not to say we're lesser individuals. We're just known as less compared to that, you know, elite status i guess based on what people say um sam doesn't want to lose the belt or sorry the hammer belt hammer rings there's too many things mm-hmm. uh, then you have the legendary stature of Giannis. um he doesn't want to lose that by losing to somebody like adam or myself right so you have all these guys that are quote unquote the top three elite in the class that have all this pressure and then you have guys like Adam and myself, good arm wrestlers that have nothing to lose, that are hungry, that could go in there and, and give you a bad day. And we've proved it. Um, yeah, we both pulled Jeff Hale out the bat. And, and, and Jeff, we, we both had a couple wins on Jeff. Jeff ended up being, you know, the Jeff Hale that he is, coming through and winning both those matches. But I think Adam and I proved that we're right there. So... I didn't really think about this match until probably I, I really started thinking about it when Tony brought it up and then I haven't been thinking about anything other than that. Mm-hmm. So I, I really can't pinpoint when it started. Maybe it was that. Maybe it was Katowski. Adam it was Katowski. Yeah. Tony brought it up two weeks ago on the show. Three yeah. weeks ago now. So it was Katowski. Oh, yeah. He's responsible for a lot, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> No, right, right, right. When, when you, I know Adam, that you tuned in to the first show there, and when you heard that, you were a little bit sort of uh, okay. Where are we going with this one? And you were sort of uh, winding up to get on the defensive or on the attack, whichever way you wanna you wanna put it. Um, how do you view Jamie as an opponent, mate? Uh, Jamie's the closest thing I have to a friend in the weight class. You know, I talk to him occasionally. He's one of the guys I really like. You know, yeah. so do I want to pull him? No, but it's because I like them, you know. 
But if I do get him in a match, he's just the next guy on the road to where I want to get. And that's all the way to the top. And I'm training my ass off to get there. And I don't care who you put in front of me. I'm going to give them hell. Now, Jamie talked a moment ago about you and uh, him being underdogs. That sort of perennial underdog. The guy that nobody thinks is going to be the the elite elite of the class. Um, Coming into this match, if it was to come off, I mean, you know, this is all speculation at this stage. But if you had a situation where you were matched up with Jamie... Who's the underdog? Has to be me, right? I mean, he just come off a win over Alan Fisher. I just come off a loss to Jeff Hill. So Jamie's automatically the favorite. He's a bigger man. He's got more experience. I don't think there's anybody in the class that I'm going to not be the underdog against. I've only been arm wrestling six years now. It, the, the, I'm not technically there yet, but I have the power to match these guys. And I'm trying to get up on the curve. I, uh, I've been practicing for endurance more than anything right now. That's what happened to me in Tulsa. I don't think Jeff Hale beat me. I think I lost that match, if that makes any sense. I lost mm-hmm. that because I just didn't have the endurance. Now I've been completely revamping my training toward being able to go longer and be stronger. And... I can, I can, uh, I can concur with that. I mean, when I pulled Jeff, he took that first match, mm. took me all, all of my energy, and I had nothing left. So I, and Jeff's good at that. He's got endurance. So that's, I think, if 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 you and I, Adam, get our endurance up, we can we can bang with those guys. And I think just, I'll be honest, with you, I love Jeff Hale too, but I think if if Adam or and I adjusted a couple things in those matches, we would have won. And you got to say, Jeff is um, a proven entity in not only in Supermatch arm wrestling globally. I mean, we've just seen him obviously have a have a solid performance at the WAF World Championships, but also Jeff is arguably one of the most experienced Supermatch arm wrestlers in the world. I mean, exactly. he has pulled a lot of six round matches, so that experience counts. I know it's a slightly different format within World Arm Wrestling League and so on and so on, but the 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 whole uh, experience of a one-on-one match, if you've been pulling them for eight, nine years, that's got to count for something, hasn't it? Oh, of course, of course. And, and look at Adam and I, we, we're, I guess we've excelled in the uh, tournament format, right, with WAL. The only guys I've lost to in WAL up until the Supermatch series were Luke Kent and Alan Fisher. Every regionals, it's us three, or there's four of us, and not counting the Southern regionals one year where Justin Bishop and, and uh, Luke pulled for the final. But I lost to Alan and Luke that day. And I've yeah. since then been able to take Alan. So it, it, it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's a different beast, you know, when you pull the tournaments as opposed to uh, super matches. But having to make that transition has been fun great learning experience but you have to change your training and focus a little bit different you know if you put any random person in front of you you get that win then what jeff's going to come back and get the next three so you better get your ass ready right Mm -hmm. now when you look at um adam stylistically 
we see mostly from Adam the top role. That's where he tends to be at his most potent and it tends to be his go-to style of pulling. Um, do you think you're more well-rounded, Jamie? Do you? I mean, obviously, you're a guy that, that utilises the top pretty, pretty proficiently as well, but uh, we've seen you deviate from that quite a bit in some of your recent matches as well. Even with your wrist flattened out, you've been dangerous. Do you think you've got more opportunity to utilize different techniques against Adam that he perhaps has a you do you think you've just got sort of that one lane to get around with him or or um does he concern you in other areas as well you know i the first several years of my career i was that posting top role and then after a while i i realized that you know you need to be more versatile so i, I started to embrace a potential high hook and then even kind of a lower hook if I need to, but I just never initiate it. Uh, part of it's probably a little bit of fear that I don't want to get, you know, flopped by trying mm -hmm. to hook, you know, with a better top roller. You know? uh, having to live so close to Luke Kent and Alan Fisher, th these guys are master top rollers and they can, mm -hmm. you know, take your hand easy. So if you don't commit fully 100%, it's, it could be little bit it's a little bit scary so over the years recent years i've, I've kind of mentioned that high hook which if i can get into a certain spot there i, I feel amazing on the table um and it, yeah you like you said neil if i lose my hand there's a couple sticking spots there where i'm fine because i can push through that's that gym strength coming through um, but it's a very small window um and i'd have to get control of the match early to even do that which is you know, a headache in and of itself. I see Adam's top role, especially in the strap, as being a, a, a problem for me. Um, but I think my strap game has gotten to the point where I can feel comfortable at least up top with him. And if I have to, you know, I do have that hook, which when I initiate it, it, it can be pretty good. One move out of you, Jamie, right now that's scaring me, I was just watching your match with Alan Fisher, is when people take your hand, you're very dangerous going to the side without your hand. Even with the hand even with hand control, I might not have the lock to be able to fight you off once you start pressing like that. It's uh that's a little uh, wrinkle in your game now that I, I've seen you pull it on Corey Miller, seen you pull it on Alan Fisher now. You almost pulled it off on Jeff Hill. So I'm kind yeah, of thinking a little more rotation. Jeff would have just bent my hand back and it would have ended early. So it's like that that little bit of rotation in the hand to completely take me out of that. So that's why I say it's a very fine window. And when it pays off, it does. But if it doesn't, my hand's going the other way. And Neil, you, you said I'm a little yeah, I'm a little more comfortable with the top roll. That's what we teach down in Erie. That's what, you know, Dave Chafee and James Wagner and the guys have been, you know, preaching since I've got there. But uh, we've seen what happened when Jeff slammed me into his hook in round four there, and I was able to fight him off and almost take him back over. I mean, it was ugly, right. and it wasn't really a hook like I would like to hook, but uh, I can get in there. It's it's not uh, – Of course. It's not a – a weak spot. Well, your, your primary move is great, and then your secondary move is there if you need it. So that, that's, that usually is good enough, right? I mean, to get by. I mean, there's very few people that can do both extremely well. Giannis being one of those, right? So... Nolan know, Ryan Jeff, Jeff, too, Jeff has a top role. Yeah, I mean... Uh... 
Jeff isn't known for the top roll, um, but he does possess it. He can he can top roll. It just that most of the time, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier in the call when you were saying uh, it, there's a confidence thing there. If you were pulling someone who is uh, a bigger guy who's known as being more proficient in the top roll, and you know you've got a hook that'll beat most guys in the class, possibly everybody in the class, to be perfectly honest. In Jeff's case, he has a he has a hook which is certainly world class without a doubt, proven world class on the inside. Yes. So. Yes. He's going to look for that ace. And that's really where I was going with Adam. I think um, you've proved that you've got a, a very solid top roll. I've not seen you, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I've ever seen you initiate a hook off the start at this stage, Adam. Uh, never. It's always been strap, top roll, and hand control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. It, it, it's not my fault. That's just where guys want to go. It's just... It, I'm feeling where they want to go for the most part. Hey, let's be honest, smart move. If you can get a guy, if you can take the top row, you take a guy's hand, you normally take the man. Very few people are, are, are confident to pull in that broke back wrist position. And um, certainly in the lightweights, there's nobody in there that's a dead wrist presser naturally. So why not? But what I wanted to ask you, Adam, who's stronger, you or Jamie Sheldon? Oh, man. Silence. Silence. (laughs) All right. I'll bite. I'm stronger. And I think uh, just go back to a year ago with his match with Jeff Hale and go back to just this past season with my match with Jeff Hale. Mm -hmm. Just go look at Fresh for Fresh round one. Who put more through Jeff? I think I did. Uh, But I... Was it the strength, though, Adam? I think you you pulled him textbook perfectly. I went sideways because people said you can't go sideways through Jeff Hale, and I said, hold my beer. (laughs) You you pulled him great. You were smarter than me if you compare round one to round one. If you watch that, I went sideways, sideways. It's crazy, and Jeff still didn't try to hook. He still tried to flat flat hand catch me, and he did. Which, okay, I realize how strong Jeff is sideways. You know, I think I, I think you just pulled smart. If you, look at, if you look at yourselves, guys, and we're going to address this to each of you individually, do you believe that you are one of the stronger men in the class, or would you describe yourself as a power-centric arm wrestler? Or do you believe that your ability and your ace in the hole is more around your ability to arm wrestle? Are you an arm wrestler? Are you a boxer? Or are you a puncher? What are you? Where's your Where's your win? Right now, ahead, I'm, a punch, I'm a puncher. I, mm-hmm. I have a puncher's chance in every match. I'm not there technically with everybody yet, but I will be. I'm working on things. Trust me. I'm bringing a whole new package to the table this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jamie, same question. Uh, 15 years in the business. I think I'm finally becoming more of a, a, a good arm wrestler well-rounded as opposed to just a gym guy uh when i get to my gym guy status i think i'm arguably one of the strongest in the class physically i think in fact i'd love to work out with tony when i'm at my strongest and and Mm -hmm. jeff just in the gym just for fun because i think i'm one of the strongest in the gym but does that translate on the table we've been on this topic in, in certain calls neil but it's 
I think I'm, my, my arm wrestling game has evolved. So, and I kind of poke fun at this and I posted it recently. When I, when I pulled Corey Miller years ago, I was at my biggest at 165 and I, I was huge. Like if I could get back to that gym strong with this technical strength, quote unquote, that I have now, watch out. So that's the game plan for this season. Now that I have the time, uh, luckily things, even though I got a baby coming, um, a third, I have everything kind of working in my favor with the business, with everything to where I can devote my time to whatever match comes up and take it. Like Adam, if, if you and I get to pull, I'm going to take you more serious than I would if I was pulling Giannis or Sam or any of those other guys, because this is going to be fun. I'm taking you, I'm taking every match serious. My back's up against the wall, guys. I come out and I lost my debut. Yeah, I had a good showing. That's probably why I'm getting a second chance, but it, it, it's do or die time. I got to win. It, it, like Tom Nelson says, man, WAL champ or t- die trying. <laughs> We're going to see, right. uh, I'm going to put everything. I'm going to leave it all on the table. I left it all on the table in Tulsa. And that's why I had a smile on the face at the end of that match is even though I lost, I knew I had nothing more to give. I gave it all. And mm-hmm. that's what I plan on doing with anybody I get, including you, Jamie, friend or no friend. I, I have to win. So I want you to come after me. Like kill me. Here's the thing. I don't consider you the angry bird anymore. I'm watching this match with Jeff and Yes, let's say, let's just leave the past in the past. Adam, you said hi to your grandmother on, on, on camera. You're a likable guy. You are now a likable guy, right? Now you have a soft spot in everybody's heart. Come on. That was like the best thing ever. You had a nice little <laughs> smile on your face. You said hi to your grandmother. Like, so much you can't Will hate guy. Adam Will. The way I've been on social media you know, with people and stuff, I've I've burned pretty much any goodwill that I have, and it's really hard to to get it back. But they do say uh, winning is the best deodorant, so <laughs> I guess if I keep yeah. winning and uh, don't lose my mind and start posting crazy stuff, then uh, maybe people will start to like you. me. And uh, it's not against me. I I really do wish you success in this uh league just not against me i mean that that's obviously uh, that's without saying, right can uh, <laughs> of worms to you open man <laughs> <laughs> gotta bust your balls a little bit homie ladies and gents we gotta take a short break just there but please don't go anywhere we'll be right back with more from adam wilmot and jamie sheldon in just a few Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. If you're just joining us, we have got Mr. Jamie Sheldon from the Lightweight Roster. And he's joined by another of our Lightweight Roster pullers. It's the Angry Bird, Adam Wilmot. Let's get back to the guys and see what else they have to say. Let's get into this a bit. Why? What, 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 what created the Angry Bird? Why were you so upset? Why were you so angry? Oh, you're not going to like this answer. It had to be around the 2016 finals and the show and the way it was edited. I felt like I got buried in that program, even though I beat Luke Kent. I beat Giannis Amlitz. I understand there's time and stuff like that. But I finished higher than Tom Holland. And if you watch that episode, you can hear his name no less than a dozen times. And I felt like 
you know, his my star should have shined a little brighter that day than his, and it never it never came to be. So I was I was pissed off that I didn't get any attention. Yes, that that was me. I hate to admit it; it's childish, but it's true. So that was the start of it, and and um, since then. Obviously, you, you wind the clock forward. Do you now feel like you are under respect? Do you think you're lacking in respect? Do you think people out there underrate you? How do you? Where do you see it now? Uh, and don't pull any punches on them. Tell tell us what you really think. I've been up and down. Yeah, I've had good days. I've had bad days. I've beat some of the best names you can possibly dig up. And I've lost to guys that you've never even heard of. No excuses. It's just, I've had good days. I've had bad days. But now, with everything on the line and the stakes being raised so high, I'm training so hard that every day has to be a good day. It, 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 the focus is there now. I'm not just showing up to any local tournament and letting any you know tom dick and harry tee off on me with everything he's got where mm. you know i'm just coming off the couch now it's 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 go time so i'm picking yeah. my spots wisely, and i just i want to be at peak performance every poll and is, is jamie sorry go jamie Oh, I was just going to say, Adam, I understand your frustration, and I'm going to give you a quick example. Remember when the rankings were around? Let me just tell you guys about my record with WWE. It's terrible. And you want to know why? Even though I've made it to the finals, because in the finals, we pull best of three. So Luke Kent was beating me multiple times after another loss. So I had three losses. You add that up. Yeah, my win-loss record is crap because of that purpose. So I was like at the top relatively in, in the regions with a terrible win-loss record. So my rankings was always crap. So, But what I, I chose to make fun of that on social media instead of getting mad. But I, I totally understand your frustration. Though. Get it. Go ahead, Neil. Sorry. You know, no, you know what turned for me too is uh, I've seen a video – it was Joe Rogan. I, I bet we all watch his podcast. And uh, it was that, you know, the why me? You know, what, why me? Why this happen? Why can't I have life this way? It, the, that whole toxic mentality. And I had to drop it. And I, I it took a minute to realize I was that guy. And people didn't want to be around me. They didn't want to listen to me. I don't know how many people probably blocked me and unfollowed me on social media a lot. Uh I'm turning it all around and it, it's just shut up, go to work, put your time in and just, that's what I told you when you called me, when you got the best of Jeff, remember, you remember that conversation? Well, I do brother. I remember it very well, man. You were and let's get to that too. Once I got that match with Jeff and it got announced, Oh my God, people ripped me to shreds. I have never taken so much criticism in my life and it, it hurt. It hurt really bad, man. It brought out some of the worst anxiety it possibly could. There were nights at work where I had to duck down between the machines because it literally hurt on the inside some of the stuff people were saying. I take all that stuff to heart. I really do because yep. I want to be loved by everybody. <laughs> and uh, you know, I had the same conversation in the messenger on Facebook with Rob Vigent when he's getting and he's getting 
the worst. Right, Neil? So like, oh I got God. back and I, I said, hey, man, don't take it to heart. It was kind of like that. He said, I do, though. Like, Steve Rob, you know, he takes it to heart. He can't not look at it. And I, and I have this, 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 this quote. When you get famous, and, and, and famous in arm wrestling is what it is, when you get famous, don't read the comments. Imagine if celebrities, real, real big celebrities, read all the comments. Your life would just be terrible because you, you're hated. There's haters everywhere. Just just don't even watch. Like I, I tell the wife, and, and heard she looks at certain haters. things on social media, and I tell the wife, just don't look. Just don't look. You know, there's always haters. Here's I the thing. Tell right? my <laughs> uh, while we're on the sort of haters and the and the negative stuff, one thing that I was wound up about at that time um, was the absolute garbage that was spat out about Adam and Jeff's match being fixed, fake, and a setup. I want right. to punch people in the face with that, Neil, and I, I'm saving up bail money just for that fact. There's at least half a dozen guys that used to call themselves my friend that still to this day are in denial and it, it pains the hell out of me. And I went on Gabby's show to address that and I came off and I, I don't know if I ate too much happy candy before I went on or what the hell happened, but I did not get across that point that, that Oh, that's was... right. Yeah, you went on you went on armed crossfire, didn't you? <laughs> And yeah, yeah. To be fair, and and I think, like you say, Chris, Chris is one of the guys who did believe that as well. To be fair, and there were others, but I, I know that that is garbage. How I know that is because I spoke to you. uh, I spoke to Jeff. Jeff Hale is one of the closest friends I have in the sport of arm wrestling. Uh, Truth be known, I always have Jeff's back in most matches. In terms of if you said, "Okay, Neil, stop the clock. Who do you want to win?" 90% 90% of the time, I'm going to want Jeff to win because myself and Jeff go back 10, 15 years. We're very close friends. I've hung out with the guy all over the world. So, of course, yeah, I'm in his corner against most guys, you know. But one thing I would say is this, and Jeff would be the first to admit it. Jeff's come to Arm Wars and he's won and he's lost. He's gone to World Arm Wrestling League and he's won and he's lost. And it's, in my mind, in my personal opinion, it doesn't matter I think people, um, too many people in arm wrestling put too much on a win and a loss in an arm wrestling match. It's really not the end of the world. Certainly for me, I couldn't care less if you win or lose from a sort of an emotional standpoint. It really doesn't matter to me. So let's say, for example, Adam, you'd won that match against Jeff. Um, People say, oh, Neil would have been upset if Jeff had lost. No, I wouldn't. And if you'd said to Jeff, oh, do you think Neil will be upset? If you, he just said, no, I couldn't give a toss. It's not him in the match. I, I'm not interested. Would have been shocked, right? Uh, yes, yes, I would. Yeah, I, I, I had, I had with the result anyway. Well, let me just make a point there, though, Adam. How do you think that match came about? Oh, I asked for it. <laughs> yeah, it, you asked for it. You called it exactly that. Now, also, I would it was never a good matchup. Match. Yeah, and it's Clash of Styles, and you're what I saw as a purist top roller. As I say, you're not the guy that initiates hook. Uh, Jeff is going to go for that hook. 
I knew you were coming in very focused, coming in very strong, and wanted to win very, very, very badly. I knew that Jeff is going to be a heavy favourite in most people's minds. In my mind, I thought, yeah, Jeff, I'm going to win this match. Nobody, and you'd said to me, look, if you give me the chance, Neil, I'll prove you wrong. Well, you did. You and don't know how that feels to hear, Neil. That, that feels good. came about because you asked me to do it, and you said, I promise you, you will not be disappointed if you give me that shot. So I had a call. It's three to two, two. and there. the masses are That's still never going to be happy. Speak to that Jeff Hale. Yeah, mate, speak to Jeff Hale. Ask him if it was fixed. I did well, talk I to Jeff, too. Neil, I Adam, I talked to Jeff said. every week. Yeah, you know what Jeff he said? said? No way was it fixed. Mother nearly failed. <laughs> he said, dude, he spanked me. And I, I had, I, he was like, cause you know, Jeff, he wasn't even himself. He wasn't even like fired up, like fired up, fired up. So like he, he's not faking it. He almost no. lost that match and he yep. admitted it. Yes, exactly he, the same. He, I had the same he, conversation the day after with Jeff. And he said to me, look, he said, I'm going to be honest with you. I, un I underestimated Adam. I thought that I'd go in there and could make the show. And and the net, it's like you go into a, a an MMA fight or a boxing match and in round one, you get cold clocked on the chin and suddenly you're all over the place and you're having to fight for your life. And it was a similar situation. Jeff did yeah. not expect that. And once you've been hit, it's how you get up. And he struggled to get up. You know, champion's response, he managed to climb back up. But that was a great match. And it was a match that people loved. So when I heard a lot of people say, you know, it's a fix, it's a setup, what a load of garbage. Yeah, I hate that, Neil. That, that really bothers me because I know for a fact it was not. I Jeff's one of my good friends, too, and I, I know it wasn't. Go Adam, go, mate. Go ahead, Adam. Sorry. I was just saying, anybody with any credibility really say that. It was Chris Gavi posting satire, and then a couple other guys that are just uh, – Mentally challenged, I want to go ahead and say. That's the only excuse you can have for even thinking that match was fixed, is you have a mental handicap. It's just so, not, um, you're not, not how we roll at all. Against it, you, moving forward. So let, let's say you beat me. Like, if, if you or I win, does our stock go up a whole lot? Maybe. Does it go down? Eh, not really. So if we have that match, it's kind of like, okay, two guys that are in the same spot. It's like, okay, we're right below those elites. Um, if you beat me and we have this match and you beat me, what are people going to say? They're not going to say the same things they were saying when uh, – you, you see where I'm going with this? Like it's uh, – it's weird. It's like you, you got multiple battles. Not only do you have the match battle – but you also this have the public. This is the next game in the media where I'm, I've been looking for for my whole life in this sport. I should say not my whole life, but I'm looking for that match where it comes down to two guys that are so evenly matched up in every direction that they get stuck in the center of the table and it just becomes a battle of will. You know, just who who wants it more? Who's who's there to win you know th that's what i want to find out that's something i don't know about myself that's the test i'm looking for in all of this is i want that 20 minute death match you know that jerry and mike had you know i watched that and thought it was the greatest thing i ever watched it was i'm looking for my partner in that respect you know what i mean i'm looking for my missing piece <laughs> 
Did, Jamie, do you see you? I mean, Adam at the start of the call there said that he sees himself as the underdog. Do you see yourself as the favourite? I'm old. I'm, I'm 15 <laughs> years in this sport. I'm almost 40. But I think I'm getting my second win. Um, I, I, I will never... This, this is weird. I don't think I'm an underdog or the favorite. It's In this matchup, I think <clears throat> his WAL performances have been legendary. Um, getting wins on amazing guys. Um, winning... It quote me wrong. Was it was it a regional that you won in the East Coast? It was the uh, it was something it was, the top twelve the or eight or whatever. Class. It was the it was the top twelve uh, Chicago major. I have a giant plaque for it. It's probably my favorite trophy. I love that thing. Great. <sighs> so so yeah, I, I think his accolades in, in, in the league have, have rivaled mine. And like I said, I've only lost to a few people in this league because it's the same damn people I have to arm wrestle. Mm -hmm. But I, 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 I can't, I don't see myself as a favorite and I'll never say that because I think that there's more to it than just a favorite or underdog in this situation, like going into like a Jeff Hale match. Yeah. I'm an underdog going into Tom Holland. I'm an underdog. Yeah, Alan Fisher. Believe it or not, we had this conversation with Ben, Neil. I, I think I was the underdog, even though I had those two wins, because it is Alan Fisher. But I think that I made that statement that I'm here, mm -hmm. and that it's only up from here. Well, let me ask you both another question just before we, we wrap this thing. We've been on for about 35 minutes now, so we're drawing to the close of the other session, guys. But one thing I wanted to ask you both was this. We know Tony Katowski is now out of the 600 series. Oh, he, he is certainly, sure. certainly on the right arm because of the uh, extensive damage he suffered and the operation he suffered. I would expect that we don't see him. We got potentially uh, Doug Ehrlich coming back in. We got Tom Holland. We got Yanis Amelins. The hammer is held by Harris. We've spoken all about Jeff Hale and others. Guys that are exciting prospects, Brandon Dye, Corey Miller, who knows who comes out of the woodwork. But if you look and you wind the clock forward to Atlanta, September, could either of you gentlemen be in that scenario where you're there to take the hammer? Could you be holding the hammer? Do you believe, and we'll start with Adam, that you've got what it takes to become the lightweight champion in the World Arm Wrestling League? Uh, who am I pulling? Right? That's the question. Styles make matchups. Sam Harris has owned me outside of WAL competition every time I've pulled him. And you've seen me get two wins on Jeff Hale. You've seen Jeff Hale get two wins on Sam Harris. How does all of this shake up? I don't know. Uh, but I had a dream. Well, not a dream, but a, I don't know what I call it a vision, but a thought. Uh, I see Giannis taking the hammer off of Sam, right? Then I see Tom and Giannis, or Jeff and Giannis, having a match. If me and Jamie pull, I'm hoping to get a victory out of that. Then maybe pull Jeff or Tom. And then maybe, eventually, come Atlanta, see a shot at, uh, at Giannis for the hammer. That's what I think could happen. That's, that's my path 
to the hammer. That's how things got to shake out for me. Jamie, same question. I think it's a long road for uh, Adam and myself. So if the Adam Wilmot Jamie Sheldon match happens, it has to be early. If Sam Giannis, which that, that that's the match that we all want to see, that's going to dictate so many things for this uh, this whole weight class and the path. I mean, you don't want Sam and, and Giannis to pull midseason. They have to pull early. That way, if there is a match for the hammer one of those guys has enough time to rest, right? But I think Adam and I, whoever wins is going to have their work cut out for him. I don't think the winner of our match, if it is early, is going to be the only way we could get to a hammer match because I think there's still the Jeff Hales that needs to be. And I love the guy. I love the guy. But I want to pull it. Um, one season, we need to have like a lightweight, like Battle Royale Spectacular, one extravaganza episode at the beginning of the season to set the tone for the rest. I mean, the battlefield is just so crazy right now, and everybody is very, very close, I feel. I think there'll um, be new guys coming in as well. You've got, obviously, as I say, Tony out right now. Tom Holland out. Uh, Tom's out too. Tom, recurrence of his wrist injury, did not pull the British National seriously damaged wrist again. The nerve damage really? issue. He had it for two years. He came back. He pulled Yanis. It recurred, and he's back on the injury list. He's uh, too young to have. Yeah, he pulled for two years with a terrible wrist injury. I didn't know that about him. I'm sorry for the guy. I hope he gets healthy soon because they. He's one of the guys I want to pull. Him and I could have another good match. I got to feel his hand a little bit around in uh, Richmond after he pulled Giannis there. And uh, it just felt really, really good. You know what I mean? Like when you grab a hold He's of a guy. so explosive into his long-term power hook. Adam, it's weird. Like, I trust me. I don't feel like any of these guys are stronger than me. But Tom put me in a weird spot with that long arm. It, it's yeah. weird, bro. It's yeah. going to hit you fast. I want to touch everybody's hand. And then you're talking on previous episodes about, you know, maybe the Enigma and Ginterze coming in. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like getting to grab a hold of him is like getting to grab a hold of like the lightweight Jesus. You know what I mean? Like that's that that's the guy, you know what I mean? That's where it all started for lightweights. He was coming over here in the 90s and winning five classes. No problem. It's kind of ridiculous. Him, I've seen pull. Like, I, I go back to the ultimate arm wrestling in Vegas in 2005, and I watched Rick Salawada beat him. Neil, remember mm -hmm. that? I do. It's doable. It's doable. 150-pound ripped, shredded dude with mouthpiece beat him. It's very, beautiful. very few and far between who can claim to have had anything on Terzi. Engin is a monster. Another guy who may come over, Mindaugas There's and others. Who knows who we see in the 600 series, but... Hey, what, what's going on with that with that uh, Sam Harris, Mindaugas uh, feud? I see a lot of trash talk going on, and it's... I think you know it's a very, a very, very smart young man from the... Uh, <laughs> from Europe trying to talk himself into a match, but I can... Uh, but you I don't can... call somebody a rat unless they're a rat. Like, in my business, you know what I mean? Like, He's I don't know where enough this emotion. Is he feels like he won't be the only one asking for the match. Sam had asked for it too, but I think um, 
nobody will have too many surprises that Mindaugas doesn't get the nod for the hammer straight off the bat. We're going to see Yanis Amelin's contest for the hammer before anybody else of, the, of that, I'm sure. Jedi. I have his shirt. Much mm-hmm. respect. Yeah. And I have a win on Giannis, too. Granted, it was after he got beat up by, you know, a Frenchman, but... Hey, at least you, got, at least you gripped up with him. <laughs> so, Neil, I've never even gripped up with hammer, you know, uh, you can give me a call there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, I want to say thank you for your time. Thanks for coming on the show. It was great to have you both on. And uh, however the 600 series shapes up, we know that the lightweights are going to be absolutely rock strong throughout the year and I can't wait to see you both doing your thing ladies and gents unfortunately we've got a cool time on the show right there but I want to thank my two guests Adam Wilmot the Angry Bird and Jamie Sheldon for taking the time out to come on the show tonight possibly one of the more interesting matches in the lightweight division very very difficult to call a winner on that one who you got I also want to thank all of you guys for once again taking the time to tune in and check us out here on the World Arm Wrestling League this week with myself, Neil Pickup. And I hope you'll do so again next time at the same time. Ladies and gents, until then, take it easy, peeps. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and wagering week is your antidote. I'm Tom Barton, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line.